Hello and welcome to the High Wide and Handsome podcast, episode 19 featuring Jay Hall. A uh, few things just to talk about quickly before we get going. Uh, first up, you might have noticed the Trading Bear segment has been split off. It has its own episode now. We'll try and release on Sundays and then the main one will come out on the Monday. This kind of means you can select whichever one you want, uh, ideally listening to both over the course of the week um, because a lot of you would have just listened to both anyway but now they've been split up. Just so that if people want to listen to one or the other, they can do that, and it'll reduce the kind of the, the episode length of the main podcast because I think that the length itself was getting a wee bit long, and it'll put us under less time constraints for both both segments, the main kind of question answer uh, guest and also the trading bear bit. It just relieves a bit of pressure. Secondly, you might have noticed the names are a little more clickbaity now. Uh, that's just because I've been told by a lot of podcasty people that's what you're supposed to do. Naming it episode whatever and a name isn't exciting and won't get uh, that much engagement. And thirdly, go and check out uh, the High Wide and Handsome podcast page on Facebook. Look up HWAH podcast on Instagram. And the main thing, I am going to be doing most of the engagement for the Twitter um, the Twitter page now through HWAH podcast on Twitter, not through John Ellis. So make sure you go and follow that. Uh, even if you unfollow me, but follow HWAH Podcast on Twitter. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great week. Now we've got Jay Hall with us. Jay, how's things? Yeah, great. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. No, absolutely. I've, I've wanted you on for a long time. It's uh, you're you're a well-established member of the Football Index Twitter community, <laughs> and I think that was shown with the amount, the sheer amount of questions that come in. Um, I'd say we'll just start off. If you want to go for maybe people who haven't heard of you, tell us a bit about your Football Index journey like when you joined how long you've been on and maybe a bit about your trading side so probably been on about just under two years i would say um so in the kind of medium between the older traders and and the newer ones um and uh i came in i'm not i didn't come in with very much i think i had about probably 10k that i initially started with so i wasn't you know not i mean it's big for some people but you know some people have got six figures haven't they so you know kind of medium pot that i started with um and uh yeah initially started trading the lower end because there were so many bargains and they just introduced pb um and it hadn't been priced very well and people get into grips with PB averages. And and that was where I sort of ended up, if you like, in the lower end of the market, just because I saw so many bargains. Um, so I guess a lot of people would know me as a, as, as, as operating in that lower end um, with the PB players or with the IPD players or the keepers or... Um, or um, you know, just unheard of players that are coming through. I guess that's kind of my my thing. So tell me this: as the the recent dividend announcement, is it shaking up your portfolio a bit, or are you laughing because you had a lot of those people? Yeah, I, ha- I mean, I had a lot of them anyway. Because once the once those uh, dividend changes were announced, obviously, I didn't throw my eggs all in a PB basket because we didn't know what was going to happen so I spread them out quite well between you know just in case there was an IPD rise or just in case there was a media rise or a dividend rise so I I already had a lot of those midfielders anyway and they'd all started the season well um, so I was holding them in any case so I was kind of ready for it a little bit Um, when you get these announcements generally tends to be 
the more visible um, top-end players that really fly initially. And then over time, the, that money will filter down into the into the less. That's a pretty established pattern, I would say, um, for these announcements. Yeah, I suppose everyone's in a bit of a frenzy whenever it comes out and they all just go to that list that, that's there. You're constantly Absolutely. flashing green and people going up and up and they just need it's that FOMO and they just want to jump straight in. Yeah, definitely. Instead of maybe hoping for better value. Well, there's a lot of that going on with the PB midfielders at the moment. I mean, it's getting to the point where I'm going to start listing because I think things are getting a little bit heated in there, but that's just my view. But um so yeah, I was I was kind of ready for it. Um so so yeah, I mean it, it's changed. Obviously then I've bought more of those players during the past few weeks um than I normally would have. So at the moment probably a good size of my portfolio is in those PB midfielders and uh, also defenders and forwards. So I'm probably a little bit more top end at the moment than I have been for a while but you've you know you got you have to adapt don't you when when things change you can't just keep sticking to what you to what you know a lot of people I find tend to like stick to what they want the index to yeah be what, what they, they want wanted to, to do done. yeah absolutely not not what it actually is doing definitely um, yeah and you can see that in a lot of the analysis that gets done as well so people will do decent analyses of things but they will gear it towards trying to promote or you know push whatever you know area of the index they're kind of operating in so that definitely happens someone asked about the bottom end and it's like the bottom end um that isn't challenging for pb um just got worse value um in my opinion uh but that said players who have good baselines in that bottom end in my opinion have just got great value um, particularly with the rises on the single and or the gold, what they call bronze and silver days. Yeah, bronze, silver and gold. Well, yeah, yeah on the bronze and silver ones in particular. Exactly. So I think if you're going to operate in that bottom end still, you've got to recognise, obviously, that the, the, the incentives have changed a little bit now um, and probably look to make sure that you're actually on bottom end players who are going to challenge for PB or who are going to get IPD. Um rather than just, you know, people who are never going to earn dividends. I think probably people who are never going to get dividends are less attractive than they ever have been now, um, which is which is good, really, actually, because it will stop all this, you know, 3 G and A in 2017 and all this nonsense pumping. Yeah, I suppose it'll be... Um... It'd be much harder to pump those players that actually don't have a real yeah, chance. Yeah, that are useless. Be. Yeah, yeah. And the thing with I find with the players down that sort of price bracket is now with I know the chances of winning on a gold day now would be very very slim. Slim on a gold day. But yeah. You never know. But I mean, even if they were to win, what what's the? I know it's sixteen p if you win star man on a gold day. What's it in a silver day? Eight p or something? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, it's it's competitive. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's say it was eight p. Yeah. Like I mean, if you're a player that's that's eighty pence, do you know? I mean, that's ten percent of your value in dividends alone. Never mind the IPDs that could be involved or the the capital appreciation. It's absolutely it, yeah. So you want really you want to be on players who are gonna be competing. Um, who've got either decent PB bases or who have, you know, good GNA output such that they can obtain those scores on those days. Um, those players are where I see the real value now. 
because these PB midfielders have already risen, like the gates already bolted. Some of them, a lot of them now are going to struggle to do 20% in my view. They're kind of, especially like your Parejos and Pjanic's. I hold a lot of Pjanic, but I can't see him rising particularly much capital appreciation wise for a while because I feel like obviously him and Kevin De Bruyne got massive rises off the back of the announcement and for them to go another 20% there'd have to be a few wheels come in or you'd need them to win dividends back to back or something ludicrous. I think so but you know they're getting a lot of positive press at the moment so you know you never know how I never know I'm not very good at picking the absolute peak like I'll like I said I'll probably get off this weekend and then and that might be a couple of weeks too early um I tend to be much better at getting on at the bottom and then making sure that I get this rise rather than staying till the end. It's not something I'm particularly good at, although I'm trying to improve. Yeah, I think the thing with like a lot of these midfield PB monsters that have that have come into the equation here in the last few months majorly, not very many of them by chance maybe have much of an MB draw to them no definitely and i think that's yeah. what's kind of keeping them in that four pound bracket maybe five at max but like if they were to ever challenge and get that extra 20 percent and push towards six quid either there'd need to be a massive influx of traders in my opinion or they need to start picking up media dividends based definitely. off the performances yeah, of course um and i mean you never know pianos could be linked to man united or something stupid could happen absolutely and it a real of premium player yeah. yeah but for now i mean i think they're in a bracket of their own in that kind of 250 to 450 bracket is where I'd yeah I agree and then I yeah. know there's more than that uh, like De Bruyne is he's up a fiver or something is he yeah I'm not mad. actually sure but you never know with De Bruyne do you because he's he's got that kind of elite quality where he where he could start picking up media I mean whether he does I don't know but he does at least have he is a, he is at least a, a, an ex you know an ex he's got that ex star quality hasn't he yeah, he's proper top notch, and I think with obviously the Euros coming up, if Belgium, I know that's a long, that's a that's in the, it wouldn't be the short term future. It's more medium term or potentially long term for a lot of people's holds yeah. on the football index. Not many people hold people for that long, but I mean, if Belgium got a good run or, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you never know. No, There's yeah, always yeah. the chance that these players will be elevated to an absolute premium, Definitely. top five, top ten player. But something I wanted to talk to you about actually is. You posted today that your all-time trading profit is £96,365.17. Yes. Fair play to you, first <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, that's unbelievable. And secondly, that would kind of lead on from that. Have you goal in mind like that you want to reach, or have you an exit strategy, um, or are you just going to play it by ear? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, someone else asked about the about the next five years, didn't they, of the index as well, so it's, it kind of ties in with that. Um I think the the most important thing is to is to really get as much money as you can as quick as possible, um, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future, and I don't want to look back on this time and think you know I screwed around or you know I didn't take it seriously when I could have made a, a lot of money. Um, so it really the goal is just to make as much as quickly as possible at the moment um the thing with the footy now being as high as it is is that it's far more difficult to i mean when i joined i think it was about 10 12000 so it's gone up like tenfold since then um in 2 years so yeah. in order to go up another tenfold uh that ain't going to happen in 2 years because of the volume of money that's required to make 
100,000 go up 10 times versus 10,000 go up 10 times. So I don't see the footy going up by the same at the same rate. Um, it's possible that it will go up by another 100,000 in uh, in uh, two years. So it might be 200,000 or whatever in two years. That's possible. Um, but obviously you're not going to get um, the same rate of increase. Um, and that's bad for people, I think, who just leave their money in and, and do nothing with it. Um, so I think uh, over the next few years, I see um, there will be a lot of maybe the same amount of money coming in, but the the, the highest returns will be to active trading um, just because the rate of increase won't be as high simply. So, you, you know, you can't just lump money in all over the index and then have it have it go up at the same rate as it has been previously. So I think we should be prepared for that. Um, but that said, even though the, the the overall rate of footy increase might be slightly lower, you're still going to have that churn every week, every month, every day within that. So you're going to be able to, you should be able to beat the footy relatively easy now um, compared to historically. I think by active yeah. trading, um, so that will be that will be my that will be my goal for the next couple of years. Um, I've just started working full time now as well, so I'm going to have a little bit less time than when I was studying to do things. So my goals will be a little bit more, um, a, a bit a bit lower, you know, a bit less ambitious. Yeah, a bit more conservative. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I mean, I'll be happy to double really every year now. Um, I'll I'll be fine with that. Um, whereas I wouldn't have been fine with that two years ago. So the game's changed, but it's still it's still going to be massively profitable. I think. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard sometimes to judge what good is or like what good, if you're a good trader or not. I mean it's very hard to just like let's say like I got my thing in yeah. the pro all time pro trading profit yeah and if I work out my ROI so far yeah. and I look at it I actually haven't worked it out yet but let's say for example it was forty percent fifty percent yeah and I look at that and I look at the time I've been on the index and da 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 and then I see all these people posting up like hundred and twenty percent or. 30% or that it's hard to know where you stand it's hard to know what good trading is but is is outperforming the rate of growth of the footy a way you can kind of measure that I, I've yeah I think so I think that I've roughly matched the footy since I've been on here so for me to know that I'm doing that is 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 I'm performing well um if you're not beating the footy, I mean, the thing is, I think with comparisons, you don't want to get overly caught up in comparisons because you don't, if you're someone who doesn't have much time, um, isn't necessarily that good with numbers, doesn't think numerically, um, hasn't really been that involved in football in the past five years or whatever, um, and you come to the index and you spend half an hour a week on it, you're not going to be making the same amount of money as you know uh, massive football fans who put in twenty hours a week, who are who deal with numbers every day in their jobs, um, who um, have been massive football fans for ten years. So you so you ha- you can't compare yourself to the, the you're in a different level. If you want to compare yourself, you've got to 
you've got to be sensitive about who you're actually comparing yourself with, I think. Um, and if you're making money, then you're doing things, you know, let's remember that a lot of people are not making money on here. Yeah. I quite often see people posting saying, look, I'm really struggling. I've actually lost money since I've been on the index. Um, so I don't think people should get too hung up with, um, with comparisons. But I think if you're matching the footy, you're doing very well. Because that, yeah. that footy is the rate of growth at a, at a top 200. But there are players moving in and out of that 200 all the time. So it's actually, it's not really the rate of growth of those top 200. It's the rate, it's the price of the top 200. So like Rooney would have been in the top 200 two years ago, and he's gone down massively, and he's not there anymore. And that's not factored into the footy. So the people are, do you get what I mean? They're disappearing out of the top 100. They're going down massively, but the footy's not showing that because someone else has taken his place. So so the footy, in in essence, actually should be outperforming the market unless there's massive growth in that bottom end um, that's not showing. That happens sometimes, is you'll see a lot of money moves out at the top 200 and goes into the bottom end and the footy falls. But the money ain't coming out of the index. It's just moving out of... The footy, the and, yeah, the exactly. But if you're matching the footy, you're doing better than the market, roughly speaking. Um, but if you're making money, you're doing well. But the thing to remember, I think, and I always thought this is, once the money stops going in in the way that it is now, is then you've got to beat a flat market. And if you can't beat the index, then you might not be able to beat, if you can't beat the footy, you might not be able to beat a, a flat market. So I think that's important to remember as well. I think there's a question down and we'll get into it, but something I would ask on that is then, like, what happens then? Do you know, once we reach that now, it could be two years, five years, ten years, however many years it is, before the market flattens out and we hit market cap or whatever. Yeah. And maybe people, because I think a lot of people now feel entitled and they feel that because they're in the football index now, they get free money and that's how it works. Oh, everything's growing, it's great. Yeah. Whenever that isn't happening, I think there'll be a lot of people being like, this is boring. You actually have to work for your money. Yeah, definitely. I think there'll be a mass pullout. But like, but then would if prices all drop again off the back of that, with people leaving because it's too hard, then it will there be scope for growth again? I, I'm not big into economics or maybe whatever this falls well, under. But I mean, this this is what happens then. My, my The point I made a year ago, right, and I was wrong about this, and, and people like Lee were right about this, they were absolutely spot on, is that until you reach that point of absolute saturation where you can't open another market, you've got all the users in that you possibly can. You don't need to think necessarily about the relationship between the price and the dividend. I mean, you do. You need to have it in the back of your head all the time, but you don't need to obsess about it um, because it's always likely that prices are going to go up in the in the near future and the dividends are going to rise as well. So I think once you get to that market saturation, that's when you'll see the rationalisation of prices in terms of dividend yields. Um, and then, you know, you don't want to be on a player that's never earned a dividend in their life once we get to that point. But I think we're quite a long way away from that at the moment, to be 
too worried about it. I, I was really encouraged by the dividend rise this time around. It gave me a lot of confidence. And, and if anything, actually, I think the market has underreacted to it. Um, yeah, I've been thinking the same. What what did you expect it to be, before, like percentage-wise, before I didn't before expect it, it to be, what was it, 50% in the end, wasn't it, on a lot of the PB dividends. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think that's a huge rise. And I think not only is it a huge rise, but it signals their intent for the future. Um, I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm not too worried about prices versus divs now for the next year or so. Um, whereas six months ago, I was getting very worried because I was looking at these people and I was thinking, there's no way you're even going to get 10% out of this now in divs. Yeah. And you can get 10% switching bank accounts. Like, so, well, if, if you do it well. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think I'm, I feel a lot more confident. I feel the market's underreacted. I think in terms of what it signals to us about the future, because um, it was only like one or two days where the footy was up by a thousand, um, yeah. which is still huge, but it's like they've just massively increased dividends. Like I put a yeah. lot of the money that I drew out back in, you know. The thing is, the way I look at it is if, if the intrinsic value of the player comes from the dividends on yeah. offer yeah. and the dividends are up by 57%, yeah. If players were all valued as they should have been, yeah. and not overinflated yeah. based off hype and other things, they should have increased by fifty-seven percent. I think some, but, some of the some of the expected rise was already priced in. Yeah. So that's the only the other thing you've got to consider. They were probably you know twenty twenty five percent over anyway. But yeah, you're right. Absolutely, they should have. They should right, and I think they will in. I think they will in the coming months. I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, when was the the dividend increase? Was this we're recording at ten to seven on yeah. Friday? It was last Friday at yeah. six. So, like, if you look at Neymar over the last seven days, I mean, Crazy. he was yeah. seven ninety two. He raised to a peak of like what eight twenty two or something, and then like now he's just sitting at seven ninety four. Crazy. Sorry, did I say eight ninety two? I meant to say seven ninety two. Yeah. But he's he's still sitting now still at seven ninety four. So either a lot of people had bought him with rises in mines or. Another thing I've heard put out there is that no one has the money to put in because everyone's loaded up for the deposit bonus. Yeah, yeah, possible. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money in the footy. You know, a lot of people yeah. have got. Maybe we're we're reaching that. Um, the new user growth is slowing down. I don't know. I don't know too much about that kind of stuff. I I hear. I know there are people who are much more informed about user growth and all that kind of stuff than me. Um. But yeah, I do. I do think there's plenty. Of, I'm, I don't have any insecurity about about um, the outlook for the next few months. I feel great about it. Yeah, I wrote very briefly, and I think anyone should go and read it. It was for Football Index Guru, um, me and Fi Genesis. He asked us just to do a wee thing for his blog um, that I think he's getting started back up. So you should go and look it up and and have a read. But it was just about reaction to it, and a few of my favorite things about the announcement that I covered there, they weren't actually the dividend increase itself, which is amazing. It was more Adam's, Adam Cole's statement I found very promising. Um, Definitely. The alterations to media dividends yeah. and like the other five points that I don't have in front of me. There's there's something um, about rewarding a, a, a period, the best player in a period, isn't there as well? Yeah. Yeah. Like a new type of dividend. Definitely. It's, it's huge. I th- and I think people have, I don't know what, maybe people are expecting more, but... 
you know, I think I think if you expect more, you're an agent. <laughs> you're just over entitled. I mean, like yeah, I think I honestly think a lot of that going the park. Off. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, we move on very quickly. Yeah. Something that a lot of people struggle with is time in the sale of players. Yes. Have you any advice for those people? I mean, I'm not. Very, I, I wouldn't. I'm okay at timing the sale of players. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm particularly great. My problem is I tend to. Um, underestimate how high they will go and probably lose about 10% that way. Um, like I sold, I sold Pjanic already because uh, I couldn't believe he would go over three pounds and he has now. So I've lost a little bit out in that. So I'm trying to look at when I sell um, and try to wait a little bit longer. Um, so like I've kept, uh, I've kept Teji at the moment. I'm keeping with him because I think he can maybe, well, I don't want to say, prices and things but I, I think he's got a bit more growth than him so I'm trying to delay so if you're always selling too early obviously the easy thing to do is just delay it a little bit more and see what happens isn't it um yeah the, my strength I think probably is the buying um so because I buy early it means that because I'm only mediocre at selling it means that actually I'm good overall because I'm getting on early um yeah but I think it's, it's tricky, isn't it? It's like if you can I, – I, I wanted to mention this thing about opportunity cost as well, um, and I think it's probably a good point to bring it in here. Um, if you – let's say you are reading the newspaper and you see someone is uh, moving to Manchester United and you look at them on the football index, no one else has seen it, um, and you have to buy them. It doesn't matter what your balance is or whatever, because you know that player is going to go up. If you don't buy that player, you're costing yourself money. So if you if you went to your portfolio and you all you could do was literally IS anyone, um, it just IS them to get a balance, because the cost of ISing them is probably going to be l- less than the cost of not buying that yeah. player that's been linked with United, like Manzu Kitchen recent months. I mean, he's gone up ridiculous amounts, hasn't he? Just because he might move. I mean, no one even knows if he's going to. Um, so I think you have to... This is why I always keep a cash balance. Because if you keep a cash balance, then you never... You really... You're never going to actually be paying any opportunity cost. Because you've always got the money to buy whoever you want to buy. Um, so I think in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of selling, um, and how you get off, I think you have to sell when you don't have a decent cash balance. That's what I generally tend to do. Um, because keeping that cash balance is really important. And I think it will be more important going forward if we're only looking at like the footy doubling in a year rather than going up by five or six fold as it would have been two years ago so you need to be able to jump on those traders uh, those players when you see the opportunity to do so so yeah keep a keep a cash balance and don't worry about it like as long as you've got a cash balance and you can buy a promising trade you don't really who cares when you sell because I, th- I think a thing a lot of people are caught with and i know i i don't get caught with it as much now but certainly certainly in my first six months Whenever an opportunity comes up uh, that I really want in on, I look through my portfolio to try and find money somewhere. <laughs> like, who do I not care about selling? 
you fly through them, you find someone, you sell them, yeah. and you go. And something to bear in mind there, and I haven't got this written out and I hadn't thought of this beforehand, so I'm probably going yeah, to yeah. butcher it. Yeah. But the, the opportunity costs, right, let me think about this. If you sell, let's say, 50 Neymar or 10 Neymars, right, and you get your 80 quid, yeah. and the spread you pay on that, but you're putting that money into a lower price player who might be 80 pence. Yeah. You might only need a five percent five pence rise because you're holding ten times as many shares or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. To make that money back. Yeah. But if you're doing it the opposite way around, where let's say you sell a hundred pats and dacas and take an eight percent hit <laughs> and yeah. commission. Yeah. Let's say you do that and you're putting that into Neymar because of the PB announcement and whatever. The amount Neymar actually has to rise because you're only you're holding ten times less yeah. futures. Yeah, definitely. To get that money back, it it kind of only makes sense for me. Maybe I'm wrong. One way around, like I wouldn't be um, selling. It depends how how big the percentage rises. I think. Yeah. Like, let's say now breaking Neymar on the verge of Man United transfer, you literally just IS your whole portfolio. It doesn't matter who it is, and you yeah. and you get on that. Because if you don't do that, you've lost money. You will just yeah. sell the whole thing of whatever you've got in your balance and lump on. So I think you've got to figure out that you've got to figure out the percentage you're going to pay in commission versus the percentage you're going to lose on that on the player on the on the other player. And you're right; it's harder on the more expensive players, and it's less likely that you're going to. IS a cheap player to get a big player unless you know those big players are going to rise by a considerable amount. And you see sometimes people do it in the announcements. So if there's a deposit bonus, you'll see people IS in cheap players and then just buying Messi and because they're the ones that always rise. Yeah. So you've always got a I think you've got a way up you've got a way up the two percentages in your head. What you're gonna gain, what's the versus what's the, the, the cost of ISing and the commission cost. Um, but I will just keep a cash balance. I, I just, I've said it so many times, I just I can't yeah. stress enough how important it is to have a cash balance. But I think it's, it's one of those golden nuggets of advice that really would stand people well that no one listens to, myself included. <laughs> I think people view, I think the people, everyone, and there's there is some people cost. listening right yeah. now who are thinking, yeah. I have 200 quid in my cash balance. That's 200 quid that could be rising somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is true. And obviously there's a cost to have to not having that money. Like I've got a fifth at the moment, not in the index. And I've gone up about 200 quid today. So I've lost about 40 quid by having this cash balance. But tonight, when it all kicks off, and I don't know, someone bangs in two or three goals or whatever, I've got plenty of money in my account and I'll make that 40 quid back easily that I didn't make during the day. Or if I see a transfer rumour or something comes into my head, someone gets injured or, you know, whatever it is. <coughs> so you're right, there is definitely a cost to keeping a cash balance, but in my view, it's small compared to, how well you, how much money you could make out of that if you got the cash balance. I mean, the more you trade and the better you get as a trader, the more you'll be able to max out that cash as well. Do you trade, do you flip a lot in games? Uh, yes, in games, yeah, definitely, yeah. I'm always, I watch a lot of games at the weekends, especially. 
Um, That's something I've struggled with is sort of in-play, like, in-game trading. Like, if you were to break it down in a nutshell how to make money, if I sit down tonight and I go to watch, who's even playing tonight? I know there's like five games on, but uh, anyone interested? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's say it was United Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, fine, not. yeah. Um, and I sit down to watch that. Southampton Leicester. Money? Yeah. Southampton Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Out of this game, well, firstly, I'll look at the line at the lineups and think about the players that are playing. So, like, usually the young players will go up by more than the old players. So you've got to look if there's any young players on show. So you've got Harper. You got Harvey Barnes, you got Ndidi, um, you got Pereira. I mean, Leicester have got a lot of players that are young and are a little bit in as well at the moment, aren't they? Um, like yeah. Tillemans and stuff like that. So they've got a lot of. So I'd possibly be watching that Leicester game. I'd be looking at lineups and thinking, you know, who who out of these clubs has got players who are going to fly? So at the moment, what's in fashion is the PB monsters. So are there any PB monsters playing tonight? Um, Addison has the chance to be one, I think. Who's that? I think Madison has. Yeah, a Madison's playing. Yeah, Madison. He's premium priced already. Exactly. Isn't he? Yeah, they're all premium priced. But you got Madison Tillemans. You got that um, Hoshberg for Southampton. So he's playing as well. Then you got Viriala playing. So you got Santi. Uh, you've got Mount Cole, so you've got a few players there as well who are, are quite cheap and, and could punch in some numbers. So you wouldn't be watching that one. And then you've got uh, Verona Sassuolo, so you've got um, Berardi, does he play Don- Berardi, yeah, he's on form. You've got Duncan as well, he's playing well. Um, so you, then you've got Nantes at home to Monaco. So you've got a couple of them. Mons, Nantes are a good possession side. So you've got a few players in there that could punch in some numbers tonight. Well, you've got Golovin on form for Monaco. So let's have a look at the lineups before and think about the trends. So like three weeks ago, I'd have been looking at these same lineups and just thinking about youth. So like uh, Moy Gomez playing for Rio Real. Uh, Leicester, Harvey Barnes. So, but no, no, no one really interested in youth at the moment. So they're more concerned with PB. So I'm thinking about what's in the trend and what's going to come out of this game. And then, if you're watching it on a good, um, a lot of the problems I think people have as well is the lag in the in in where they're watching it. So, like my yeah. my now TV player for Sky Games is not very good. So I'm often behind. So I think you've got to look at how. Much those players, you know, if Tillman scores a hat trick tonight and you're last on it, you ain't gonna, he ain't gonna rise. Probably gonna fall unless yeah. unless you're in the ground or you've got a good stream. So you've got to be aware of what your lag time is as well on your strip on your on however you're watching it, and you can see that from Sofa Score or any real time data provider because they will show you the minutes on the actual game so you know how far you're behind but if i watch my now tv sky i'm i can be like a minute behind so there's no point in using that that's dead yeah um so i think you've got to think about the lag you've got to think about their fashions on the index at the time you've got to think about how high the prices of the player now um versus other players you've got to think about the dividends that they're going to win. You've got to be thinking about all these things when you try. And I think it's quite difficult because it is complex. But for for me personally, it's something that I'm just good at. So I do it a lot. 
Um, but I wouldn't do it if you if if everything's against you. I would just leave it. Do what do what you're best at. I would say. Um, but let's say you go into tonight's games yeah. and you say, I think if Mark Albrighton's getting a start and he's forty p or fifty yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting yeah. and I think he is the chance to get away a sister, a wee goal. He's not going to get a big PB score, so you're probably not looking at him. But let's say you could did. get an assist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And let's say he goes and he does nothing. Yeah. Do you just instant sell and get out, or do you leave him sit there and wait a few weeks on the market sell? Depends who it is. If it was all bright, and yeah. I probably would get rid because. He's not a very fashionable player, is he? Really? No. He's getting on a little bit. He's in and out the side. So I will. It depends on the spread as well. So if the spread yeah. is small on someone like Albright, and yeah, I'll just sack it off and and just take the hit. If it was like a younger player, maybe or a, a player that played started more games, um, then I'd be tempted to keep. Obviously, if they're in Europe. Um, like if like if if I if I bought Chukwesi before the game. And he doesn't start, um, or he do- starts. He does nothing. I will keep because yeah. there's no point in not. He's not going to go down that much as a proportion of his of his price. So I think you've got to think about what's going to happen to him after the game as well. Yeah. And the only way that you learn these things um, is through actually like trading them and learning and monitoring them. Um, which, if you've got a good memory, you can just do um if you don't it's probably worth writing them down um and monitoring your trades like people keep talking about a trade diary um and i don't but that, but i've i've got a weird thing for numbers so i don't need to but i think if i didn't and i couldn't remember these patterns i would i would use a trade diary yeah it must be really useful um but it's it takes certain types of personalities to do that. Um, generally, like methodical, conscientious, um, introverted people will will use diaries an awful lot in their life, and they're probably the ones that do that. Whereas the more like extroverted and kind of um, uh, disorganized, creative people won't keep diaries. It's like you should keep a diary. If you're that person, you're the person that really needs that diary. Because um, you're not going to learn the patterns unless you observe them. So I think observing the patterns is the most important thing to in-game trading. You need to observe them and then learn them. Um, so that, that would be my advice for in-game trading. Yeah. It's like anything, I suppose. It's The more you do it, the better Exactly, be. yeah, definitely. So I kept Murray out last weekend because I didn't think it would drop that much. And he's he's gone down like 15%. So I've got a new piece of information now. I know that um, if Muriel starts and scores and people collect the dividend, uh, that they're just going to bin him during the week. So the next week, anyone that's like Muriel, um, like say a reasonably highly priced oldish striker who's in a rotation uh, uh, situation for a club, I might get rid of. Yeah. Because I've learned a new rule and I can remember that rule, so I don't need to write it down. But if you don't, if you can't remember that rule, then you need to write it down. Yeah, I would say. Well, yeah, I'd say we'll have a lot of uh, people trying to go in play next weekend. <laughs> uh, there's no definitely, there's def- to... definitely a lot of money to be made in it, but yeah, there's a lot of money to be lost as well if you if you don't take it seriously. Because you've got to remember, there's a lot of p- seriously smart people on in the index. 
and like they're good at what they do and like you can't just dip in for five minutes a week and expect to to do something you know to the standard that people who've been doing this for two years and dedicate 20 30 hours a week and are good at and competent and analytically minded you've got to bear that in mind if you're going to in play trade <clears throat> and take it seriously yeah because at the end of the day like the difference can, well i don't know if it's a difference but the thing with in play trading is you're you're directly competing with everyone else definitely exactly the other things are a bit more of a slow burner it could exactly. take a bit longer but exactly. if, if i'm going to go in tonight and try and in play trade i'm doing it with you yeah and i might have a few seconds more hesitation than you do you'll have more conviction because of your experience and that's what you need to bear in mind. Those you've got to think quickly lips. as well. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Um, All right. Look, I'd say we'll move on to questions. We're probably just over halfway through the pod. Um, something which I actually don't think I've done yet is swore. I don't think I've said a bad <laughs> word. Um, so I'm giving a euro every time I swear. I think I've went forty minutes without it. I'm probably going to edit this. <laughs> I will back pay, but questions are normally what suck bad words out of me. Um, first question Alex Field wants to know what your favourite Swifty album song and video Nin- are it's got to be 1989 I think that's yeah? yeah definitely I think that's the biggest album it's just all round uh, <laughs> pop masterpiece really you see yeah. I'm not a bit I'm not a big Swifty fan I'll be honest but Blank Space is a tune Blank Space is undoubtedly the best tune um, yeah. there can't be any doubts absolute masterpiece like if someone with a bit more credibility had written that it would be regarded as like a masterpiece um so i think i think some people don't really understand what why if i like swift or not i actually think swift is a really quality musician um yeah yeah definitely like songwriter and uh, um the songs that she writes like resonate with people cross continents cross the globe cross age groups um phenomenally successful um and a lot of those lyrics as well, like Blank Space is a really smart tune. Um, I just, you know, I've just got a lot of time for it. Um, soft spot for yeah, it too, but I'd say, I'd say a lot of the, the a lot of the lyrics in some of her songs. Do you know what? That could be a competition some week, like the most uh, pertinent Taylor Swift <laughs> lyric to the football index. Yeah, like me and uh, so it's going to be forever, or it's going to go down, down in flames. flames. Yeah, I can't sing, but I tried. No, that's good. Um, so we move on. Let's move on. The boy Riley wants to know. He says he recalls a tweet you posted ages ago saying if Greenwood didn't make the Euro squad, you'd quit Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it was just because it, there's absolutely zero. Okay, there's three percent chance that Greenwood goes to the Euros. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely ludicrous to ever suggest he was going to go to the Euros. Um, he has played minimal amounts of first team games. The games that he's played are completely out of his depth. Um he's nowhere near the Euros in my opinion. Three percent chance I'll give him. Um yeah he hasn't really got a chance really this season and and I'm sure there's reasons for that. Whenever like two like Rashford and Marshall don't play and he doesn't even get a chance then. Yeah. I think a lot of people realise then like if you're not getting a chance and those two boys are out, you're not going to get a chance. Yeah, definitely. I just, um, I, I think, I think the problem with this whole youngster thing, it was about a year, it was about nine months ago, and people were just getting drunk off these youngsters and thinking that they were going to do, they were going to change the world and things. It's like most of them now have done nothing. Um, yeah. Like Sancho's kept up his performance levels, but most of the others have just bombed. Um even the likes of Havertz and that, they're putting him fairly 
decent performances, but nothing major. Jovic has bombed at Real. Vinicius Jr. has... I mean, it's hard to think of a player with 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 worse ability in the box playing for a, for a top six side um, in any of the leagues. So I think I think people just got a bit drunk off these youngsters, and um, uh, but that's corrected itself now. I think Vinicius Junior. He's a weird one. It's, it's tremendous dribbling on. ability. Like he's a phenomenal yeah. dribbler, and he's got loads of energy. But he's just got no composure in the box. Like he just can't. He just. But you know, he could maybe get that. With yeah, time. yeah, I with time. I'm with not time. Like stage great. I haven't watched him either. I just, I just think with a player that hyped at such a big club, definitely. Who's he's probably dropped from four fifty something to what two fifty. Yeah, I definitely. Don't know, he like should that. never have been. I, he should never have been four fifty. Yeah. absolute outrage. I suppose it's like the Ray and Brewster thing. A lot of these boys really shot up, and now they're kind of definitely, and definitely dividends are taken back over. Um, I'll go on to a question from Jim O'Sullivan from WhatsApp. He said, how have you adapted your strategy to firstly the new performance matrix and then the dividend announcement? So I think we discussed that a little bit, didn't we? Where I said yeah, that we'd gone in a little bit. I use um I use a lot of a lot, a lot of stats on the index. So um I know a lot of people on index gain. I've always um been on index um edge. Um I just know how to use it and it suits me so I don't change. I don't know which is better. Um, but I, I so I use a lot of stats. Um, I know that uh, Paul uh, Buzzing as well had done some projections based on the new matrix, so I saw those as well. Um, so I guess I looked at, at what the new matrix uh, was going to do and went in fairly heavy on that. Um, people like Teji and that. Um, I could see that it was going to favour creative midfielders, um, so stocked up on those a little bit. So I think you, like we already said, you've got to change, haven't you? When the when the when the new things come along, you can't just be you can't just stick in the mud and just you know, yeah. as you, you said, can't stagnate and get gr- yeah, you can't get grumpy about what's happening. You just have to react. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, think- de- definitely changed. I mean, I, I've never advocated buying like young players and and. Um, People that we might say are uh, rational, per- irrational purchases, but behind the scenes, I'm I do buy those players because I think you ha- you have to buy what is going up in the market. Um, so I I tend to be quite aware of the market cycles from listening to what other people are saying, and from observing the the, the rises list. Yeah. There's actually a question. We'll get on to that as well about market cycles. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Market cycles really important, yeah. But first, we'll go to Jordan as well from WhatsApp has asked, how do you find the time to do so much research and is there any way you'd recommend uh, making it a more efficient process? Now, you've said you've got a full-time job now, so things are going to change. <laughs> Definitely are going to change. Uh, I Yeah, I, I don't know. how. I don't know what I'm going to find brings me the most value. We'll see. Um, I think... I think understanding PB averages and probably peak scores is the thing because PB's in right at the moment. It's a big focus. It's on everyone's minds. So if I'm looking at that, I want to know PB averages definitely from this season, probably even look at last season's PB averages as well. So I'll focus on data at the moment. Um, and I, you know, if you don't, if you're not looking at PB averages at the moment, I, it's probably wrong not to do so. So I would focus on that at the moment, definitely. Fixtures is getting quite profitable as well, isn't it? And I think it probably will do even more so now they've raised the dividends. Um, 
just looking ahead at the next few weeks of fixtures, you know? Yeah, a lot of people are just, like, if you're just a week ahead of the curve or two weeks ahead of that curve, exactly. you're going to make yeah. a lot of money. The likes of Juventus, I don't know if they still have a great fixture list, but I know a couple of weeks ago or maybe even a month ago, I was buying a lot of Juventus players. Um, because they had nice Because they had such good yeah. fixtures. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you're if you're a week or two ahead of everyone else, there you're laughing. Um, Fi Brand Stark wants to know if you're invited by Sir Adam Cole to Fi Ireland to share a bottle of 1945 <laughs> Domaine de la Romane Conti. Now I might have pronounced that terribly. Yes. I'm not a big wine connoisseur. Me neither. And he asked you, Mister Hall, I'm going to grant you permission to make one change, no matter how big or small, to the platform. What would the change be? Thanks for the effort put in there, Bran. Yeah, good question. Uh, I think everyone wants tiered PB, don't they? Um, So that's maybe one thing. Um, I think for me personally at the moment, I think think football index are losing uh, a fair bit of money by not maxing out the goalkeeper situation. So I think a 2P goalkeeper clean sheet would not only double the price of those keepers, but you'd see a lot more trading because um, I think people are generally put off by keepers because they're only going to earn a couple of pennies in a month. So they think, well, fuck that. I don't care about that. Mm. Um, so I'd probably, I would probably look at, at tiered PB and, and, and raising the keeper clean sheet, I think, to stimulate trading. Yeah. Yeah, I think they kind of, they tried it with a PB matrix change to maybe make it a bit more fun for goalkeepers. And there was a short, there was a small boost to them, but like, it's not really... I mean, it's fun. they might win. The average keeper might win a quarter of a PB. Like four keepers might win one PB. Um, so it's a, it's a decent boost, but it's still not enough. Um, still a wasted. Uh, it's a it's a waste of ten percent of the of yeah. the index. But like, I don't see why they can't split it off and have you know a defender gets a. I suppose on the star man day or on like the single day or sorry. The bronze days now. The bronze days, yeah. You're yeah. only going to have three or four keepers playing at times. You might even only have one. So, yeah. You know, even if they only had on gold days or on silver days, the winning goalkeeper gets a small dividend. I don't know. There's options there for them yeah. anyway. Yeah, there's options, yeah. Um, Paul Corey has asked Footstock and Football Index. How yes. are you finding yeah. them both in comparison to each other? Some diehard Football Index fans play it down. Do you feel like it's a bad name due to this, especially as at one point Footstock was using the hashtag of football index to promote stuff? <laughs> uh, I didn't see that, so I can't comment on that. But um, I think a lot of the... I mean, when I heard about Footstock, my initial impression was like, shit, um, is this going to take business off of football index? Um, so I think a lot of the I think a lot of the animosity is probably just driven by um, some degree of threat by um a competitor um so i don't take that too seriously and i don't think um there are many kind of um what i would consider like reasonable rational accounts who post nonsense about footstock so i don't take that too seriously um i think the returns i i i find it difficult to understand why more people aren't involved with footstock um because I think the returns are extremely generous. Um, the card prices versus the packs are extremely low. Um, so 
to me, I always look at footstock and I think, shall I put a bit more in? Shall I put a bit more in? Uh, it seems to me a good investment. I don't know why more people, are, I can't answer why more people aren't involved. Uh, maybe because it's a, it's a, it's you only get paid if you win the tournaments. So there's a, there's more of a skill element, if you like. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You see, the thing is, I think a lot of people, I don't know how many more people are on football index than are on food stock, right? But yeah, let's say it's a hundred times or ten times, just for the sake of argument, right? Yeah, um, if you got, oh, it's, it's probably uh, about five hundred times. Yeah, whatever. I'm not. I don't even have a clue how yeah. to guess that. But what I'm trying to say is, a lot of people here in football index on football index Twitter literally haven't got a notion what food stock is, and if they went and looked at it, they'd realize it's not really a competitor. Now it is. No, it's not a direct yeah. competitor. It's more of a competitor of fantasy league. Yeah. yeah, it is to an extent. I mean, I can see, like, if you're saying, should you put more money into it, you might yeah. take a bit out of football index, but it's not. It's such a different product. It really is. It and is I actually, like, product, I, yeah. I quite enjoy it. I'm on it now. I wouldn't be in massively, like, but of a few hundred quid in it or whatever. And I kind of exactly like it. Same. It's an extra little thing at the weekend for me where I enter a couple of the free tourneys with a few of my players and see how I get on. And exactly I've won once, I think, yeah. and got money a couple of other times and yeah um and you would be talking about this a little bit on this podcast so i actually wrote to them and said like look if you had to sell yourself or <laughs> like explain yourself to a football index person what would you say so i'll read out quickly what they said yeah go on uh footstock's a combination of trading fantasy football and casino gambling our customers buy premier league player cards either from our shop or the peer-to-peer order book based market uh, as with FI, there's opportunity to profit through buying players cheaply and selling at a profit if their stock rises. These player cards can then be used to enter teams in our fantasy football tournaments, which we run on Premier League and Champions League matches. Buy-ins range from free up to 50 quid, suiting all budgets. They're doing a massive 10k free roll thing soon. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, we'll it is. Money coming in for that. Yeah. So five grand guaranteed to the winner. Um, so basically I think they're just a big amalgamation of a few different things, but I wouldn't say they would, I don't feel bad mentioning them at all here. I think no, they're an no, excellent I addition don't. to no. my weekend and the football index users might enjoy it. So definitely it was part of the weekend, isn't it? If you're going to go check it out, check out the, 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 the code, the loyalty code or whatever <laughs> it is in my yeah. description. Give yeah, me a yeah, tenner, yeah. but, um, Samuel Gert says some guys lost their shit over a hashtag. Lord knows what they'll do if it's not get promoted on a football index podcast. But um, yeah, 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 no. Uh, and he also says, to be honest, maybe we'll clear the air a bit with a couple of smart people. He thinks we're smart people. <laughs> Actually, explain there is different to each other as football indexes to Sky Bet. Well, you did that very uh, well, yes. Yeah. So Dan Jackknife has asked two questions, three questions for Jay. Um, the first one: sometimes logic just doesn't work. How are you coping with FI this season? Yes. So the the point about logic is that it does work, um, but you have to think about what is logical. So, if for example, if you if I tell you that it's only logical to ever buy a player, um. If their price is, um, uh, let's say, five times the dividend yield, um, if I say that to you, that's madness. Um, that isn't logic. Um, and, you know, people who watch uh, Star Trek will obviously, I don't watch it, but this is what I'm told, um, that Mr. Spock is kind of, 
he's not logical because he's so logical. Um, so, in other words, you can take logic too far, right? And, like, it's not rational. It's not logical to ignore market trends if they're irrational. Um, I'm not, like, a spot character. That isn't who I am. I'm quite um, loud and extroverted, and, and, and I'm not actually over-analytical. Um, I just do an analytical job. Um, so I can analyze things. Um, but 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 it's not it isn't logical to, for example, six months ago, it wasn't logical to not own young players because they were rising. Um, so it's logical to do what other people are doing on the index. Um, and I don't think I've ever maybe I've given off the wrong impression. Um, I don't think I've ever actually said you that you shouldn't do what other people are doing. My point is solely that if you want to be safe and you want to end up making sure you're not overpaying, you know, make sure that your players, you can see a path to 20% divs. And like, if that's Mbappe or Sancho, just have it in your head, you know, what does this guy actually need to do in order to get those 20% divs? It's like, if it's Mbappe, he needs to win... um, like five media and five PBs. So are you confident that that's going to happen? Because if you're not, then over the long term, you're going to lose money. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a, I'm not an over irrational person. I'm not like a spot character. Um, and I wouldn't say that that's how you should trade, but you can definitely make money trading that way, I would say. And that's how I made all that money out of IPD, was by sitting down and going through the returns that these players were going to make, figuring out that a lot of them were making between 30 and 50%. I bought tons of them last March, and then people figured this out over the summer and I made an awful lot of money. Um, maybe that's why I got, typecast as a a rational person um but i'm quite intuitive i'm not uh, some some guys are really good with youngsters like they're really good with young player value people like sam and um they can realize how high those youngsters are gonna go and i'm intuitive but i'm not that level of intuitive that's like jedi shit and i can't do that (laughs) but like you should do it but you shouldn't go on twitter saying you know, this player's worth five quid because they're not. They're not worth that. So I think it's important to differentiate between I think this player could get to five pounds and this player is worth five pounds. Um, it's probably a, an important differentiation. Um, and that's where the rationality thing comes in. It's like it's rational to say a player's worth 250 if you think they're going to return 50p. Um but it, but it's logical to buy them if you think they're going to keep going up to five pounds. So I think it's maybe a misconception of me um, that, that there with that question. His second question for you is non-FI. We've already been over footstock, but how's your footstock journey so far? Right. Sum up in a nutshell. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I've <laughs> won uh, quite a lot of tourneys. Um, I've, I find struggling to get the time to enter them all, to be honest. Um, and that's something I've made out for this weekend. I need to enter all the tourneys because um, I'm throwing money away left, right and centre at the moment there by not. by not. My opportunity cost is massive uh, at the moment. So I need to I need to enter more tourneys, but um, yeah, I love footstock, and I and I think the players, the cards are so cheap. Um, but I don't want to keep going on about footstock. We've said <laughs> um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
the non-FA last question he has is, will you give Sportstack a dabble when it yes, comes? Yes, I will. Definitely. I will have a look at it. Um, I, I meant to do that a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, yes, I will. Yeah, I think that's the one I've almost sent in golden tickets around for a while ago, trying to get people to sign up or Brilliant. send emails. Or yeah, send me one. Fine. Yeah, do that. But, yes, um, I did. I got my golden ticket. I need to. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Um, the last, just the next question on the list. I think I grouped these footstock ones together. The secret yeah. FI trader. What the hell is footstock? Seems like some sort of Pokemon card collection game. <laughs> that you've been well, told you should know by now. He's been sent um, the link, hasn't he? I mean, I the root, so. the the card, the the Pokemon thing. I guess is like people think it's because of this um, the card lottery thing where you could yeah, um, like it's it's like top trumps in it. Thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I play that a little bit. Some some mornings I wake up, I'm like I fancy a bit of a a bit of a gamble on that. So I do play that as well. Yeah, um, but no, it's not about collecting all the cards. No, so of course you want. Um, Fi four says, what do you honestly think? I think we kind of covered this. We alluded to this earlier. What do you honestly think is the lifespan of Fi? Are we all riding this as a short term wave, and will it be fastest finger first to get out, or do you see it as a viable five to ten year product? Five years, definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of companies don't last that long, do they? Um, so I think you always have to hold that in mind. So I've taken a little bit of money money out and not put it all back in. Um, but yeah, five years definitely. Beyond that, I don't know. I mean, a lot's going to depend upon what the competitors emerge and and what the landscape looks like in a couple of years i would say yeah but i would say the biggest rises in the footy proportionally have already happened yeah lee collins yeah says am i right in thinking you've withdrawn a lot of your portfolio in the last six months if so what was the reasoning behind this so we touched on that as well so at one point there was there was the return the prices versus returns looked awful in my view they were they were struggling to get double figures in terms of percentage dividend yield uh that's been rectified in my view by the dividend increase um so i've put a bit of money back in i also think that in terms of signaling to us that they're prepared to raise dividends in that way uh they've done that repeatedly now over the past two or three years um that should give us a lot of confidence in the in the near future um about dividend rises and therefore expected uh price rises as well so i'm feeling extremely confident um and as i've already said i think the market has, has perhaps even underreacted to those rises yeah particularly on young players actually it's very strange because people were getting really excited about young players uh when there was a very small dividend increase and now they're saying look we will we will raise dividends by whatever necessary as long as the growth continues in the index and that should benefit young players and people have said no i don't want you players." yeah but it'll also swing around about so i mean this pb fear that the dividends can't last forever exactly cycles yeah yeah um given the influx of new traders this is from football index focus over the past 12 months or so is it possible for fi to function the way it has done to this point does an expanded trader base create new problems, opportunities for FI in the near future? Uh, expanded trader base. Uh, mm. I mean, because the market's mature and it's, you could you could argue that more traders could lead to more instability, potentially. Um, and obviously, the more money that comes in uh, to, foot, uh, to to football index, the, 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 the bigger the drops could be. So I think we have to bear that in mind. But that said, um, 
having more traders on the platform um, should actually provide more stability. Um, so does it pose any problems? I guess in terms of the market risk, there's a little bit more risk, downside risk. Um can they get the tech right? I don't know. I, that's something that I find frustrating. Um, they can't handle the, the that's, that's my biggest frustration actually is the, is the tech issues with the product. That's my only negative thing that I would ever say about it. Um, if they can't handle the user base now, how can they, you know, handle it? That would be my concern. And I think people should start flagging that now because they seem to be fixing, they seem to be putting you know patches on some of the tech and it works and then it doesn't we're still getting pb stalling so how is that happening um yeah and i think anytime you mention tech issues people go but you're like nasdaq and it's like well look yeah good point we've been saying that for a while it's not really good enough do you know it's it's not just a one word answer nasdaq it's yeah like, it's not gonna not be it's yet. not gonna solve everything is it but let's yeah you're right let's wait and see what happens with nasdaq uh before we before we go any further moan, moaning about tech fair enough football index scotland has three we yep. can wrap through tell us something you'd see happening emerging Tell us something you see happening emerging on the index over the next 12 months that maybe isn't a commonly held view Yes. So actually, I thought about this question. And I think, I think what I said earlier about the about the relative rises versus the the money to be made. Let me explain this better. So let's say the foot, the the foot, the foot is only going to double in the next year. If you're the sort of trader that just parks your money in players, and that's all you do, you never trade, you're not going to make as much money in the next year. Um, because the the overall growth of the platform is not going to be as high as it was in the past year, uh, relatively, in terms of the rate. Um, so I would say you probably, it will be beneficial for people to start moving to more um, to more active trading now, because the rises will still be... Um, as big so some players might go up 30p some players might go up 40p um but the overall growth of the footy is not going to be as high but the opportunities to make that similar level of money is still going to be there you're just going to have to you're going to have to fish them out a little bit if you like yeah definitely um so you could I, if I was the sort of person who held 500 players and just relied on market growth I'd be seriously thinking about that now yeah um so that would be my that would be what I would say about that. No one says anything about that. I've not heard that talked about, but it's, I think it's important. Yeah, um, I'm going to shoot on. This index Scotland has had one answer now. It's not that the other questions are bad. It's just that we're going to wrap this up ASAP with a bit of a tech issue, which robbed us of a bit of time. Um, Ross FI says, "Oh yes, great guest Jay. How, a lot of these questions are actually quite similar, so we, yeah. we probably yeah. won't actually have to answer this one." How have you adapted over the last year? We've covered that. We what are your main variables when considering value? We've covered value. We and there's a certain mark a player must meet before you buy them, i.e. do they have to tick multiple boxes? And how do you both see the Christmas period going? Uh, I imagine Christmas will be huge because usually there's some type of bonus, isn't there? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Christmas. Um 
I imagine it'll be a, a great time uh, on the index. Uh, in terms of what am I looking for? So we were talking earlier about um, in-play trading. So this uh, this guy Tarod has just scored for Cole, um, and he's gone up a little bit uh, because he was quite cheap anyway. So I mentioned quite a few times during the program about looking at the about looking at the price and making sure you're getting on at the bottom. So I would have bought Trodder now at 31p um, because he's quite cheap and he's gone up 5p. So for me, I'm quite obsessed about getting on at the bottom. Um, I don't like to overpay. Um, so that's a big, it's a big variable for me is making sure that I'm not overpaying. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think if you're the sort of person who's getting a lot of players going down, it's probably because you're not being careful enough about about this overpaying thing. Um, so in terms of you talking about in-play trading as well, I'm now I'm looking at the index as we're on here, and I'm going to pick up a player who's quite cheap and is scoring well on PB. So let's see how that goes. Sekiri. So let's, because he's been pumping in some good numbers. I didn't really want to talk about individual players, but he's been pumping in some good numbers recently. So I'm going to pick up a few and let's see what happens to him throughout the game. Because um, PB at the moment is the big thing. So like I said earlier about in-play trading. Yeah. You want to be getting on cheap players who are, who are also in the fashion. So we're 15 minutes into the game and he's on a PB score of 62. So you've got 20 for the win bonus. So he's on 40 after 16 minutes. So he's more than scoring two PB per minute. I know he's got a decent PB history. So therefore I'm going to get on him. Um, so that's what I'm looking at in, in terms of the, Turns of the game. There you go. That actually, I just let you go there because that's interesting. It'll be it'll be nice to see how that ages on Monday. Yes, because he might now do nothing. Um, but if that's the case, you can just get rid, and you've only lost you've lost three p per share. So um, there's not a, the spreads two p on fifty p. So it's not it's not big. It's not pleasant, but it's you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, it will. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. We'll see how that one ages. Um, yes. Well, look, I suppose it's best probably to let you go and get stuck into your trading for the night. The matches are all just kicking off. Um, they are, yeah. There's some great questions there from Mortz. We covered yours. Thanks for submitting it. FI Addict, thanks for the question. Football Index, Sean, FI Chatter, Roarhide, and Rocketman. You've all got stung by tech issues. Otherwise, we would have got around to you all. But, um, well, I can answer those anyway. questions on the... Um... On the Twitter, yeah. Actually. If you have time and you're bored, go on and give the boys an answer. It'd be great. But um, look, Jay, thanks very much for joining me. I think we got through a lot of interesting stuff, and it'll be interesting to see. I'll tell you you're... what, we didn't talk about. If you want to add this bit in, we didn't talk about those injuries, did we? We didn't talk about injuries. Will we talk? Do you have time? Yes, I've got time. Yeah, go on. Well, we do because I'm I'm rushing off for you. But look, it was a false alarm, lads. We're going to talk. We we wanted to talk about injury trading. Um, yes. And we didn't get round to it, but but yeah, do you want to kick off with it? What 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 are your views on injury trading? Do you do it a lot? Yes, I've now I do it all the time. I mean, the money, a little bit of money's been diverted into the PB, obviously recently. But before the dividend rises, so much of my portfolio was in was in uh, injuries. Um, and I wonder whether maybe over time, if people are going to stop selling them off in the way that they do, 
because they seem to be delivering a 10, 20, 30, 40% rise. Um, and it, and it, I'm not going to say it's a safe method, but it, it seems to be, I mean, when was the last time you bought an injured player and they didn't go back up? Yeah. Of all the, of all the methods, it's one of the safer. For sure. It is, and it's also easy because all you've got to do is wait for them to go down like twenty percent, and then once they've gone down twenty percent, depending on the injury, obviously, um, then you can just get in. Because um, I said a lot about getting on at bottom. It's like that's an easy way to get on at bottom. It's the easiest way. So it's someone asked me about top tips as well, and that was after keep a cash balance. Uh, trade injuries was the was the second top tip I would say. Yeah, I think it's great, and it's we we we're in a fantasy football league. Yes, we are. Yes, what we do with our pot. With what we do with our pot is there's only what sixteen people 16 in the league. Sixteen people in the league. Uh, we yeah, all put and what did we put in twenty quid? Didn't we to start? Yeah. Um, and then collaboratively we decided how uh, what to do with our pot. Um. And just and it, on trading injuries, it's up at what about six hundred? Doubled, I think now. Yeah, like five, five in and a half, two weeks, uh, two months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just shows so, the power of injury trading. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And if you just solely focused on injuries, you'd be absolutely laughing. Yeah. Um, you, if you've got a big portfolio like over twenty, thirty k or whatever, it's difficult to put too much in because you might leave yourself a bit overexposed. Uh but but for a regular person trading a, a couple of grand or whatever, it's it's a great way to make money. Yeah, that's the thing. I suppose we were talking about that last week. Once you get to those higher amounts of, or two weeks ago maybe, the, the higher Ks, like tens of Ks or hundreds of Ks, it's very yeah. hard to to trade the same and have all your money working because obviously if you overcommit to one player. Once you get some higher amounts, definitely. Once you get to higher amounts to get the same return, you've got to do cycles because you've got to spread your money across 20, 30, 40 players, 50 yeah, players you... at least. So you have to do cycles. Otherwise, you're you're not going to make very much money. You see, the thing I always think finds interesting, like if you if you wrap up more than maybe, I don't know, 1,800 futures worth or 2,700 futures worth and you're holding more than maybe two or three yeah. pence worth of a player, not that I've ever had the luxury of being there, uh, it becomes an issue when you're trying to get rid of them or even when you're buying them on the drop or do you know there's a lot more to it than definitely than whenever you're yeah, Lee's spoken a lot about this uh, uh, Lee B has spoken a lot a bit about this on his on his Twitter account it's a good account to, to follow because he's got a, a large portfolio um, yeah yeah I mean I've got players that I'm still shifting like three months on um, so because you, you don't want to crash the price yeah um yeah, it is tricky, but that's where it getting on a cycle comes in, because if you get on the if you get on the IPD cycle, the players were easy to shift and they just flew. Uh, and now, if you've been on the PB cycle, you'd be finding it really easy to get rid of the likes of Cruz and that. Yeah, they'll be shifting in a, in a few minutes. So the bigger your portfolio gets, the more you need to think about cycles for sure. And I don't actually know, maybe we've covered this and I'm having a brain fart, just as a parting gift to the listener. Yeah. What do you see the next cycle being? Um, I think it's going to be a continuation of PB. Um, maybe there'll be some kind of um, 
uh, of calculations done about where the relative value is. I haven't done them yet. I imagine they'll be in PB players who haven't risen, maybe defenders and forwards. Um, yeah. Uh, you've also got to think about the transfer window in January um, and then the Euros. So if there are good PB players who have got a tr- chance of a transfer and the Euros, then uh, club and country because um, obviously you've got the European finals where you're going to get the gold days for a few games, and then you've got the actual national European championships in the summer. So those will definitely be cycles, 100% certain. Um, yeah. I don't think you even need to speculate. I definitely think they will happen. Maybe young, maybe we'll get some return of these young players as well at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, it can kind of pop up out of nowhere. Two of them can do well in a Europa League night, and then all of a sudden it kicks off. Exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Jay, this is our second time wrapping it up, but this time I think it's it's for real. It's been emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time on this Friday evening. Thanks, and yeah, it's very good. I hope you make a bit of money tonight trading. Um, yes. And yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Did I actually just go like an iron something without cursing? You, I think maybe no. I definitely cursed. I don't think you did. Maybe you did once. Do, do you know? I don't. Maybe I did. I'm gonna go back <laughs> to the panel here, but just to make up for it, like fuck, 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 <laughs> you know? because Charlie has to give something, and there's boys have been listening who are actually doing this with me, and they need to pay mm-hmm. something. So there's, th- do you know what? Let's make it a fiver. Fuck, yeah. fuck. Uh, anyway there you go a fiver for the pot for charity per man this week lads thanks Jay and uh, talk again soon yes thanks mate yeah brilliant cheers cheers bye bye